have not just one speaker, but two. Two for the price of one. I can't remember who's going first, but it doesn't really matter because they're both called Paul. So let's welcome Paul number one. Excellent. I'm pleased I am Paul number one, not Paul number two. Um, no, that is great. Brilliant. So it's, it's really good to be here today. Um, I'm one of the elders of the church. I have the privilege of leading the eldership team. Um, and we're going to be looking, as Hannah's already shared, just at the whole subject of connect groups, the importance of connect groups, um, and uh, really diving into, um, diving into that. I've got some good news to share. Um, some of you will know about it anyway, but some of you won't know. On Tuesday morning, we got some great news from our bank that we love greatly. <laughs> the mortgage is approved, so we can now basically get on, let the builders know, and hopefully within weeks, you will be sitting on dusty chairs, having the opportunity to rejoice in suffering on Sunday mornings as, uh, as you sing out your great songs to God and your lungs fill with dust. So anyway, so it's, no, we are absolutely thrilled. We are absolutely uh, delighted about that. Um, it's been a bit of a prayer battle, to be honest, to get to this point. Um, but we are so grateful to God and sort of looking forward uh, to the next step. So please pray that our sort of final uh, sort of uh, negotiations with the builders go well. Everything comes together perfectly um, and that we're able to start my, my hope, my request, my prayer request is that we'll be able to start sort of first week of November would be my, would be my desire. So uh, we will see, so please keep praying into that. As Hannah said, um, this is our first gift day, next one is next week. And these, these gift days are in order to help us do the venues that we started a few years ago. Last week in the Vision Preach, I shared a lot of our history actually about where we've uh, come from and what we've been doing together over the last few years in planting into Bexhill as we prepare to plant into central St. Leonard's. And the gift day that we're having today and next Sunday is in order to continue to finance this work that we started a few years ago um, and we'll still take a couple more weeks, couple more weeks, that'd be nice, couple more years uh, to finally get established. So, so really, just on behalf of the elders, I, we just ask that you um, prayerfully consider how you can engage um, in these gift days. Um, we'd ask you to take the forms away, pray about it, seek God, and then respond really just in faith, generosity, um, and happiness. So, uh, and I mean, the Bible puts all of those things together when it comes to giving money away. And so, you know, whether you feel like you're right at the bottom and you've got no money at all, or whether you are absolutely flush with cash, do you know what I mean? And God has massively blessed you. In some ways, that doesn't really matter. It's just that opportunity to come before him Seek his face, pray, and then give in accordance with your means. What has God given to you looking to give out of an overflow from that? So we'd really love for you to join in with us. So why connect groups? You know, why connect groups? I mean, if you've been around for any length of time, you'll realise that connect groups might be the latest name, but they have in the past had some different, different names, some different, I was going to say reincarnations, but I probably can't say that, can I? You know, there's been home groups, there's been care groups, there's been cell groups, there's been community groups, and now, and now in a sense, when we meet together, um, we meet together and it's connect groups. And I'm just going to, by way of introduction, sort of share 
a little bit about that and then Paul is going to come and uh, sort of take it to all new high heights when he comes to speak. So, so the great thing is, you see, if I mess it up, what you'll remember is what Paul said, not what I've said. So, uh, so there's no pressure on Paul to sort of, uh, you know, do a good one. So, so, why, so, so why connect groups? Well, two very, very simple things. Um, the first one is this. Connect groups give us an opportunity to connect with God. They create an environment where we can gather together and connect with God. In the Old Testament, the people of Israel connected with God, but, but they just connected at the temple, at the tabernacle. That was the place where God dwelt, maybe in Jerusalem, in the temple, and they would gather, um, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people would gather in the temple to connect with God. That's where his manifest presence was in the temple. And even then when everyone gathered, it was only one man at one time in the year who could go into the Holy of Holies and connect with God. Just, just one person, one time of the year. The mad thing is, in the New Covenant, in our day, it's not just one person, one time of the year. It says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So what the high priest got to encounter, any one of us can do on a fortnightly basis around the kitchen table in your house. We get to come together as the people of God Small groups, whether it's two, three, four or five, or whether it's up to 15, 16, doesn't really matter. We get to come because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us on the cross. So why connect groups? Because we get to connect with God. We've got access in. It's an incredible privilege. It's, it's great gathering in this setting here. I mean, I, I, I loved meeting with God and I loved it as, you know, Hannah plays and the Shekinah glory, you know, we're, we're talking about encountering God all together. But, but actually, what we experience there, I get to experience in my home, in my connect group, with a group of believers who know and love Jesus. It's absolutely incredible. And the, the other thing is, is I get to be involved. I get to play. I get to make a difference to play a part. You see, in the Old Testament, it would have just been one or two people in a generation who were anointed by God. Prophets, priests, kings. It's like, like turning up today, say, like, you, you know, I, I want to be empowered by God. It'd be in the Old Covenant. I wouldn't have a chance. The only people that would be empowered by God in the Old Covenant would be people like, well, Boris Johnson, like the Prime Minister or the, the Archbishop of Canterbury. You know, it's, it's just once in a generation, just a couple of you know, the top leaders in the nation. But, but now, according to what the Bible says, I carry God on the inside and I get to play. I get to have a go. When I gather with my friends and connect with God at Connect Group, I get to do the stuff. I can prophesy. I can pray. I can look to understand the Bible. I can take bread and wine with them. I get to play a part. I don't come just to watch, I come to participate, to grow, to mature in spiritual gifts. It's, it's incredible. I get to play a part. And so firstly, I get to connect with God. But the second reason for connect groups is, and this is so really, really important, is we get to connect with other people. 
See, Christianity was never supposed to be just me on my own with God. Or me and my family on our own with God. We were always supposed to work it out in community. That's, that's how it's designed to be. Not just community as in the group of people I'm naturally like. Or the group of people that I like connecting with. But actually we know from what the Bible says, people from all different backgrounds... All different nations, all di- different experiences come together and we are one new person in Christ. Now, it happens on a Sunday morning, just looking around, all different experiences, all different backgrounds. But, but if I can be really bold, it really happens in Connect Group. Because that connection works much better in a circle than it does in a row. You see, in a row, you're just sort of sat next to the people who you've chosen to sit next to. But in a circular connect group, you've got all sorts of different people there that you are connecting with. And so as we provide that opportunity for you to sign up for connect groups, I really want to encourage you to do it. I really want to encourage you, don't, and it's so easy to do, so easy to have reasons why you're not going to do it. But, but it provides such an amazing opportunity for us to connect with God and connect with one another. In 1 Peter chapter 2, it says this, As you come to him, that's Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The spiritual house isn't, isn't ones of bricks and mortar. It's not, it's not positioned in Jerusalem or in Canterbury. The spiritual house that's being spoken about here is us coming together. Whether that's us gathering on Sundays or gathering in homes midweek, we are being built together to become a spiritual house. All our odd little shapes, you see, we're not all bricks, like modern day bricks, you know, all uniform, exactly the same size and shape. We're, we're, we're ununiformed stones and rocks that are being built together. And if you notice that you're going to have a layer of stone and then you have another layer of stone and then you have another layer of stone, each layer of stone being carried by the layer below it and carrying the layer above it, in some ways that's quite reflective of what we're called to do. We have others that help carry our burdens as we help carry other people's burdens, each playing a part, each being knit together in community as we meet um, week by week. As you consider about signing up today, don't too quickly make an excuse for why you won't join. We're all in different stages of life. We've all got different things going on. But if, just with the last couple of minutes that I've got before Paul comes up, if I could just, just, I don't know, raise maybe some of the things you may be sat here thinking about right now as to why you won't join Connect Group. And, yeah. It might be that you've been around in church for decades and you've done them before. 
And maybe you're just a little bit cynical. You may even describe it like, I don't have faith for them anymore. I don't have faith for it. Can I, can I say, please don't allow such a poor super spiritual answer be an excuse. Because if you lack faith, you need to go to the word of God, find out why being committed to one another is really important. And as you do so, allow faith to rise in your hearts as you're shaped by the word of God. So, I mean, just to encourage that. It might be that you're already relationally really well connected. So I don't need a connect group because I've got loads of different friends meeting elsewhere. Can I, can I gently, if I'm honest, remind you, of course, that connect groups aren't just about what you get from them. They're about what you give into them as well. And although you may be well connected with lots of people that are quite like you, connect groups provide that opportunity for you to connect with people who are different from you. And you will learn and you will grow and you will broaden in your gifting, your perspective. You will be shaped in your holiness in a whole new way as you meet regularly with people who are different from you. Church isn't a performance that you come to or a product that you buy but it's a family that you belong to. And families is give and take. Family, that meal time, that meal table, family, it's not like a restaurant where you come in and you look at the menu and you pick what do I want off the menu, put your money down, then if you don't like it, you go to another restaurant next week, it's family. It's where we all play a part, where we help clear the table, where we help prepare the food. Not so much in my case, because I'm not very good at cooking, but I can do the other bits. But we, we play a part together. Can I appeal to you, church? Seriously consider how you're connecting in, how you're joining into a connect group. Have a wander around and look at the connect groups. Really bring it before God. How can I connect in how can I play my part in being a blessing to others? Paul, why don't you come and share with us about connecting for growth? Brilliant. Thanks, Paul. What a great support act. <laughs> Paul, number two. Honestly, unbelievable. Anyway, my name's Paul, and um, number two. And um, I'm just going to take my flip-flops off because otherwise you're going to be hearing a flipping and a flapping as I'm walking around because I, I walk around a fair bit. Anyway, so connect groups. And um, the reason why we do connect groups here, one of the reasons why Paul's just opened it up brilliantly and um, gone into the biblical angle and things like that, which I'm going to carry on doing. But we're going to look at one area. One of the reasons why we do connect groups is because we believe in the biblical angle of what it means to grow. And the whole idea of discipleship and this kind of stuff. So connect groups here at Kings exist because we believe in what the Bible teaches about growing towards maturity in Christ. Being a Christian isn't just about staying in the same place. It's about growing towards maturity. I'm just going to try and bring a, a couple of points. But here's one of the things that we've really got to grasp hold of. What Paul's just opened up as well. And um, what the Bible clearly teaches and shows us is this. Your own growth as a Christian, 
will always be alongside the growth of the Christians and people that you're walking with. Always. Because we're called to walk with each other. Part of our own growth, part of our own discipleship, it will never be on our own. It will always be getting involved with the lives of other people, sharing faith, sharing the good news, and going to make disciples. Making disciples, I firmly believe, is that thing of like, you, you lead someone to Christ, yeah, but you don't leave them there. We carry on walking towards maturity. We can't do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. I want to open up um, two points um, when we talk about personal growth and, um, and moving forward and, and growing in our maturity. The first, thing, the first part comes Colossians 3.3. 3. Here's what it says. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Okay, Colossians 3.3. 3. You have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Why have I chosen that one? What's that be about? Your growth firstly and fundamentally, comes from God. Okay? Your growth, your maturity as a Christian, your maturity in life and in everything that we talk about, firstly comes from God. But what, does, what do we kind of mean? I don't know about you, but sometimes you can hear something said on, on, in church. So I don't actually know. If we're brave enough, do we really understand what it means when we talk about maturity in Christ? What's that? What does that even mean? What are we talking about when we talk about that? I'm going to try and explain it. And it is the most incredible, wonderful thing that grabs me every time I think about it. The moment you met with Christ, you became, for the first time, spiritually alive in the deepest part of who you are. And he is the only person that will bring that to you. You are fundamentally changed the moment you commit your life to Christ. This is about forgiveness, yes. But when you're forgiven and that relationship with God happens, Jesus said you are born again from the inside. You are different. Your nature is different. And what we talk about maturity in Christ and growth is, you know when you're a baby and you don't know much, Okay? I sometimes still feel like that, I've got to be honest. But if you look at it in a real practical way, when you're born again for the first time, you grow from that moment. You can't stay the same, otherwise you just remain immature and at the same point. So what maturity and what growth talks about is, the moment you became a Christian, you were born again. And from then on, we walk into maturity From the inside and working its way outside, the life that the gospel has brought to the core of who you are has been outworking in the whole of your life and this will continue until the day you die. God is always at work in you. Always at work in you. Okay? Rick Warren said this, becoming like Christ, growing in maturity... He says, becoming like Christ is a long, slow process of growth. 
If you're here today and you became a Christian and you feel like you have to be at a certain level and put on a bit of an act, you don't need to because it's about growth. You, you might not be there yet. It's all right. It's about growth. It's about all of us accepting where we are and who we are. And there's one body just saying, do you know what? This is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. And I need to grow in that area. I need to grow in a lot of areas. Believe me. First point then, God brings growth. But the second point, Philippians 2, Paul talks about working out our salvation because God is at work in us. What does that mean? That means that we have a choice in our growth. Individually, we work it out. We've got responsibility. Open up the Bible. Look at Jesus' disciples. Our growth is incredibly human, incredibly practical, and incredibly a choice-making experience. We can choose to grow, choose to move forward, choose to look at the teachings of Christ. That's why it's there. Being a disciple is God at work in us, but us choosing to walk that out. Us making those choices. It's incredibly human. Why do I keep saying that? Because sometimes we feel like it's a bit of an ethereal thing out there and it's all spiritual. This spiritual stuff is incredibly human. It grows us as who we are as people. Changes us from the inside out. So we're involved in our growth but also we're involved in the growth of others, those people around us. We don't do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. The Bible clearly shows from different elements in the New Testament, this growth, this walking out is best done with others, with a person sitting next to you. It's about disciples making disciples. The only way I'm ever going to be a biblical disciple is if I'm discipling some of you lot. Sorry about that. If I'm making disciples of those people that don't yet know Christ. The most fulfilling place of discipleship is when we are walking alongside other people and we are looking out and wanting the best growth for the people around us and it's not all about me. It's a biblical concept of disciples making disciples. It talks in the Bible talks about speaking the truth in love. It doesn't say in the mirror. It says speak to each other. Speak the truth in love with each other. It doesn't say push yourself on, to, push yourself on towards love and good deeds. It kind of does. It says push each other on towards love and good deeds. We're in it together. We're in it together. So this growth, what I'm talking about, is a progressive work of God and us that makes us more and more free from sin to become more and more like Christ. That's what growth means. Don't know if it helps or not. The me you see now looks a lot less like the sinner Paul that existed two years ago. I'm not perfect, but because of God at work in me and my following with Christ, I look a lot different. And I feel like I've grown and I feel like I'm, I'm flourishing and I feel like something God is growing me. So this is a process of God cleaning us up, working us out. 
And I've got to be honest, I don't know if I've ever met anyone that doesn't want to be changed to become more like the best version of them. Does that make, do you get what I've just said? I don't think I've met anyone that wants to feel more at peace with who they are and those around them. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Peace. I don't know anyone that doesn't want to grow towards maturity in that way. I think we all want it. And the best place to walk it out, the Bible says, is together. And these connect groups, it's one of the reasons why we do them. In a smaller group, you get to walk this stuff out together. I believe the best version of us is growing towards being a lot less sinless and grow to be more like Christ. How does it affect us? Colossians 3.10, this growth affects our intellect, our knowledge and our wisdom. How we view the world changes. Can I say this isn't just problem-based? This isn't about our problems and we become all of a sudden more of a disciple when we have a problem. Our growth happens all the time. My worldview is different to what it used to be because of the work of God in my life. The growth that affects our emotions in here makes me a better person and handle things differently and better. It affects our will and our decision-making. It affects our spirit and it affects our body. Paul mentioned a minute ago about um, getting together and, and community and things like that. So I'm part of a running club and the running club I belong to kind of looks a bit like church. Okay? When someone's in need, everyone gathers together and they make meals for those people. That happens outside of church and within church. When we get together, it's a right good laugh and people actually encourage each other in the running and things like that. It's different, but it happens outside of church as it does within church. There's a few strange people at the running club. That happens outside of church. And it happens within church. Why am I saying that? Community exists in more places outside of church. The fundamental difference about church is Jesus. And what he has done in us. And when we gather and walk this stuff out, that's why it's different to other clubs that exist in the week. I love getting together with my mates at the running club. But I, they, they won't help me grow in terms of gathering with a small group of Christians who open up the Bible to me. And they will just teach me stuff. And they will help me grow and go forward. It's very different. Not so different. Fundamentally the reason why you get together is different. So with growth in mind and our encouragement to get involved in connect groups, what I want to do is encourage us in five areas, kind of values that we would love to see kind of just grow in connect groups and actually in kind of life in general. I don't know if we can put them up actually, Jan. Can you just stick the five things up? They're just five things. First one is honour. Imagine walking into a group and there's an unsaid value an underlying feeling that when you go into that group, everyone feels honoured. Can you imagine that? It doesn't exist in many places. You go into a small group and everyone feels honoured. What does that mean? You're accepted for who you are and the people speak well of you. They say the same about you as if you were out the room as when you're in the room. Do you get that? People honour each other. Where people want the best for you, are willing to be truthful and honest with you, and where people love seeing you achieve good things. 
people back here. Imagine going into a group where that happens. Generosity. You go into a group and no one's self-obsessed because the nature of the group is it's the, for the benefit of others. You go in there and it's for the benefit of others. And when you do that, you'll be surprised how much you grow because you're a disciple-making disciples. And if you're in a room full of 12 people and they're all looking out for everyone else, well, all of a sudden, you've got a fair few people looking out for you anyway while you're there looking out for others. Does that, does that make sense? So we're there for ourselves, but we're actually there for other people. Generosity. It's about taking time and being generous with the interests of others. This means that all the work's not left to the hosts who make the group happen. The hosts are not there to do it all for you. They're there to make a gathering happen. We're all there to go and really make it happen. And we have to take ownership for the group we're a part of so that it goes well. Don't leave it to the two people to try and manage a group of 12 or 14. It's not what these groups are about. Actually, I'm, yeah, it's not about that. It's about disciples making disciples. Authenticity, where we feel safe enough to be honest about life and our walk with God, where it's okay to get things wrong and it's okay to get things right. Authenticity, where it's okay to have problems, but it's all okay to not have problems. It's all right to not have problems and still be able to grow. It's okay to not have problems and go into a room and say, I don't have any problems at the minute. And it's okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this rudely, and it's okay to be happy and joyful. And I'm not saying we're not, but it's okay because sometimes we feel like some of these small groups, we're so aware of those people going through stuff and that's important. It's okay to be alright. Because we're all growing, whether we've got issues or not. And that's a really blunt thing to say. And it's not in any way meant to be anything other than we go where we're at. Still in mind that we're all growing. Joy, 1 Peter 1, 8. Recognise and celebrate the good as done. Share testimony with each other. Recognise that God is good. And encourage to step out and make a difference in the group, courage to do the things that we've just talked about, which may feel countercultural because actually some of them kind of are countercultural to the world that we live in, to look out for each other, to encourage each other on towards good deeds and really going somewhere. They're all elements within groups, and I think the more they become normal, they just create such a, a wonderful soil to grow. Five areas where we can just go in, and if these things are at work, wow, they're brilliant, they're amazing elements. And here's the thing, I don't think it's just down to your your connect group hosts to make these things happen. I think we can all go and make some of it happen. And I think we can all go and be discipled, but actually go with armed thinking, what can I bring, what can I do? How can I encourage someone else? Because ultimately, discipleship is about us being discipled 
but you can't separate that bit where we go, actually, and we make disciples and we walk some of this stuff out together and we all grow in the way that God's intended us to. Okay? I'm going to hand back over to Ali, I think. And um, Ali's going to round up and, and lead you guys into somewhere else. We're off to Bexhill. And, um, yeah. Fantastic. Thank you, Paul. I, I think one thing that I could definitely say, because I've been around a while in church life, I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for the investment of many people giving up their time and energy to invest into me. Can I just be honest? And many of those are actually in this room today. So I want to honour those of you that have actually invested. And It's not that we're really bad at doing this. Many of us, we do this and we do it so well. So well done. In fact, Ben, do you want to come up? Because we're going to do the gift day. Um, just while I'm rambling. But let me just encourage you, just like Paul and Paul have, get connected in because it's one of the best ways that you can grow. I've had so many people over the years that have been able to really invest time in me and help me grow. Let's stand quickly. Uh, which I'm just going to spend one minute. We're just going to pray. And then we're going to just sing a song just to finish the meeting. But this also gives an opportunity for those people that have come with their gifts and they want to give at the gift day. What we're going to have, we're going to have a box down here on the left and the box down here on the right. Um, and there's basically... This, quite simple really hopefully when you came in you'd have had a gift um, form a giving form um, and an envelope Um, if you're wanting to give in cash or check then you could put that in the envelope with the giving form you could also if you don't have any money right now or if actually you haven't got any money in the coming kind of weeks or months you can actually pledge money over this year you know i've got god's put a certain amount on my heart I'd love to give this over this year. You can do that as well. Um, So what we're going to do, Hannah's going to lead us in a song. We're just going to sing just to say thank you to God for all that he's been doing. And during this song, if you've got a gift, we've got a gift day next week as well. So those of you that aren't prepared, don't worry, you you haven't missed your chance. You'll have an opportunity next week as well. But for this week, if you want to do that, then you'll be more than welcome to come up and give into the offering buckets. So let's stand together. I'm just going to pray. God, thank you so much that you are a God of community. Thank you that you're a God who loves to invest into into us. And uh, Lord, thank you for the church here. Thank you for the many people over years and years and years have invested into other people. that have invested in prayer and time and energy. And we say, Lord, this year we all want to grow. This time next year, we want to look back and say, man, how I have grown in maturity in God, in my understanding of who I am in him. And so, Lord, we just say today, this year, we want to commit this year to you and just say, God, we want to grow and grow and grow in you. So we just commit this year to you in Jesus' name. We commit this offering as well that we give today and just say, would you bless it? Thank you, Lord. As Paul said, Lord, we want to have hearts of generosity to you, but knowing that you will provide for all the things that you've called us into as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Hannah's going to lead us in a song. If you want to give your offerings, you can come down and do that now in the offering buckets on the left and the right. We're just going to have three or four minutes to sing a song and then we'll be closing the meeting.